This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, new jobs numbers fresh out. And as always, we take this opportunity to speak with our good friend. He's the chief economist at the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, our good friend, Chad Stone. Chad, how are you as the Phillies begin the playoff season? A little nervous, but glad they're in the playoffs. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And I'll be in, in Yankee Stadium for, the, for our opener as well, so we'll see if we all meet up. New jobs report out the unemployment, I guess, numbers down, but you immediately, and we've touched on this before, the, you immediately acknowledge the role that the Fed is playing and the impact that could have on employ- unemployment jobs numbers, et cetera, right? That's right. The, uh, the payroll job number was good for normal times and good for now, but it's down lower than it was the month before. And the month before that was lower than the month before that. So there's some clear evidence of slowing such that the, the Fed's tightening may be starting to have some effect. But it takes a long time for monetary policy to, to have its full effect. And uh, so I don't know what the Fed will do with this particular information. And as you said, the unemployment rate is back down to 3.5%, which is what it was at the beginning, just before the pandemic. It's a low rate, and it's almost sure to go up some as the Fed continues its tightening. And we want to be we want to look out for folks who are going to who are going to become unemployed, and will need some assistance. So, Chad, help us again understand what precisely the policy is that they're implementing that is going to affect this because the monetary policy they're doing it it's some it has it's somewhat indirect is it not in terms of actually touching jobs but it adds up right no that's right it's it is indirect with respect to touching jobs what the federal reserve is doing primarily is raising the short-term interest rate that banks charge each other for overnight loans and by raising that rate that raises other longer term rates that affect, that are more likely to affect economic activities. It's a, it's a process of, of uh, well, it's too complicated to explain really how the, how the yield curve works. But tradi- traditionally and almost always, the, when the Fed raises the federal funds rate, that's what it's called, that translates into higher interest rates down the line and the expectation of higher interest rates down the line at higher maturities all the way up to 10-year uh, bonds. And that's the, those are the rates that tend to, to, to affect economic activity. In particular, they affect housing prices. 
They affect car, car, car loans. They affect some business investment to some degree, and they affect traded goods. When the United States interest rates go up, the U.S. goods become cheaper. I'm sorry, U.S. goods become more expensive and foreign goods become cheaper. And so we buy more foreign goods rather than domestic goods, and we sell fewer goods abroad as exports. And that all of those things lead to employers seeing falling demand for their products and likely to lay off workers. It's a complicated chain, but it fundamentally interest-sensitive businesses are hit by the Fed rates and workers get laid off. And falling demand for these products, does that then force the price of those products to go down and therefore that reduces it? Okay. Right. The fact, yeah, the fact that demand, there's less demand for goods and services means that you don't have as many bottlenecks in, in, in producing those goods and services. And, that, that's, and so prices don't go up as much. That's the tried and true way to do it. Now, you can see you already acknowledged it's very indirect. Um, and and the famous phrase about monetary policy, interest rates, raising interest rates, is that monetary policy operates with long and variable lags. In other words, you don't know when it, when and how much it's going to hit at any point in time, but it doesn't all happen immediately. We may only be seeing the tip of the iceberg or a little bit more. It's another thing that's really hard to tell. But definitely, we're in a situation where the Fed is serious about, about lowering aggregate demand to fight inflation. Gotcha. But now, it, and forgive me for always being such a poor student of economics, but hopefully my questions are helping others who don't quite understand this. I feel like I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask it again because I still don't get it. What is worse for people to have high cost due to inflation or to suffer job losses. I'm trying to figure out which is half full or half empty or which is the worst of the scenarios. I, that's when I'm at a sort of at a loss to understand. No, that, that's an excellent question. In the short run, for sure, unemployment is concentrated on a relatively small share of the population, but it's really serious for them. Inflation affects everybody and people get upset about, about higher prices but, and that, that weakens the purchasing power of their money. But there's no question that the brunt of monetary policy trying to fight inflation falls on a select group of people who lose their jobs. And other people, people lose their jobs, then maybe their wages don't go up as much. But the focus is really the number of people who are unemployed. Remember, it's right now, maybe it goes up to four to five percent. That's four to five percent of the labor force of over 100 million. Equity would argue that people experiencing serious hardship should get some relief, and that's why normally we would just we would just have unemployment insurance for sure. We have to fight for it now, I think, because there's a concern about inflation. But um, there's it's relatively inexpensive to provide unemployment assistance to the, the set of people who are likely to lose their jobs in any recession that's going to come. Now, remember, we don't have a recession yet. And it's not clear that we will, although it would be silly to think that it's very easy to avoid the recession, given the policies that the Fed's following. So this lower number, 
263,000 jobs in the month of September 2022 jobs report, folks. Revisions of 11,000 in July and August. This smaller number. The good, first of all, this, this, the good news is the, uh, we're 514,000 jobs above uh, February 2020 pre-recession levels. Right. Private jobs up 1.1 million. Government jobs down 597,000. 309,000 of that deficit in local government education, which we talked about that ad nauseum. That's no surprise. But this 263, we're saying that lower number is the beginning of the effect of what the Fed is doing, or is that still too early to say? That's uh, it's too early to say definitively, but it's almost surely the the, head, the headwinds of what the Fed is doing. Now, to put that in some context, we've been doing this. We've been talking about jobs days for a long time, and it used to be that hundred. 50 to 200,000 jobs was really big. And now, and it, ta- it only take, it takes only about 100,000 jobs in, in, on average to, to keep the unemployment rate where it is, because you just need to keep up with population growth. Now, we're, so 263 is a big number historically for a month, but it's a small number compared to with what we have been getting. And there's still scope for more job creation. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You also acknowledge in your thread, and we invite people to go to Twitter, Chad CBPP for Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. Great threads always when the jobs report comes out. The labor force participation rate only fell a tenth of a percentage point, and it's still just three-tenths of a percentage point below February 2020. So that's holding for now, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, and that, to be clear, that's the, uh, that's the labor force participation excuse me, participation rate for 25 to 54 year olds who are in their prime working years. The overall population labor force participation rate is the rate for the 16 and older population. And that's being, that's being affected not just by economic conditions, but by the fact that the labor, the, the baby boom generation is moving out of prime work, has moved out of prime working years and is moving into years when it's voluntary for them not to be in the labor force. But it distorts the overall figures. That's why we that's why we focus on the twenty-five to fifty-four year olds, because those are prime working years. And that's nearly back to where it was at the beginning of the 
All right, that's very important. Now, we did touch on state and local education jobs, as we always do. Those, when started, those jobs are still below pre-recession levels. We started this school year off. Do we have any more indication about why those jobs, even though school has started, why those jobs are so slow coming back? I only have anecdotal, and it, it you, you, you just hear stories about schools having trouble getting teachers and, and things like that. So it's a question of it's a question of whether it's a supply that people don't, supply of workers that people don't want to be working, or is it that schools aren't demanding workers? I think schools are trying to hire. And I think the stories that we see are stories of people wondering if they want to go back into the schools yet. And then we also have leisure and hospitality is another area that's lagging. 1.1 million leisure and hospitality jobs below that level of leisure and hospitality jobs in February 2020. Same thing there. People just aren't coming back yet. Yeah, this is testament to the, how deep the, the loss of jobs was in leisure and hospitality in the recession, huge loss. And people are coming back almost every month. Leisure and hospitality is one of the leading source of job gains that month. But we're talking about 25,000 or something like that, where when the hole was just so deep. Now, what's going on? The industry's changing, I think, and people are still reluctant to come. Leisure and hospitality is, for the most part, a face-to-face -face communications deal, and there's still concerns about the virus. And there's also concerns about whether people think they can get a better than the leisure and hospitality jobs. So the, those, there's a bunch of things going on, I think, and it's still quite a ways to go back. And it may not ever get back to the level that it was in February 2020 because of the changing nature of the industry, the, the industries within leisure and hospitality. That includes restaurants, but it includes some other things too. People wondering they can get a better job. That's still the lingering effect of, I guess, what they called at one time the great resignation. People just not going back, trying to figure out what they were going to do next and holding out for something better. That's part of it in the leisure and hospitality. But the other part of it is that a lot of there's a lot of people leaving jobs to, to take better jobs. And so if they're leaving the leisure and hospitality industry to take a job they consider better, that's good for them and in a way good for the economy because they're producing stuff that, that people want. But it's complicated if you're a restaurant owner or a restaurant customer. So if I'm listening, Chad, and I'm hearing about what the Fed is up to and we're probably going to have to brace for a downturn as an employee, as a worker, what advice would you give? How should I start thinking about where I work, my industry, what have you, and what signs might I be prepared for, or look for that might indicate I might be in trouble? That's a, that's a really good question because you you're not necessarily privy to what management knows about orders going forward and things like that. If, you, if you're in a restaurant and you see the customers are not coming back as much, it's more likely now to be due to the fact that they don't have as much discretionary income rather than that, that, that they're afraid of they're afraid of COVID because because there, ha there has been customers have been coming back and, and if, if you stop seeing that then you and you're in the leisure and hospitality industry you say what's going on here now if you're working on, if you're working on, in a factory you may start to see reducing there'll be a reduction in shifts or things like that that, would, that could directly affect you but it would also or if you're talking to your friends and they're experiencing some unemployment so it's tough to know from inside the industry although savvy employees are pretty aware of what's going on with their company in many cases
Obviously, folks, we'll keep our eyes open. And as always, we acknowledge the that while Black, Hispanic, and Asian unemployment are close to pre-pandemic rates, there's still that disproportionality. In September, Black unemployment went up from 6.4 to 5.8. Went down, I'm sorry. Went down. And uh, White went from 3.2 to 3.1. Asian, 2.8 to 2.5. Hispanic went from 4.5 to 3.8. But the disparities are still there. Black and Latino unemployment rates are persistently higher than white unemployment. That's just the effect of life here in America. We ought to be able to do something about it, but we're not yet. And as we are expecting the Fed's actions to affect job growth, we know, obviously, historically, that's going to disproportionately affect black and Latino workers. Yep. Yep. And uh, to, uh, to tie back to some of the things we said earlier, provi providing relief to, to workers who are laid off and they'll disproportionately be black and, and, uh, and Latino workers is important. And we have to be very careful that we're, we don't listen to arguments about, oh, it'll be inflationary to, to provide targeted unemployment assistance and maybe some other things to the most vulnerable people experiencing the most hardship if, if we get into a real recession. And so policymakers should be starting to think about that already. I know they, they have a lot on their minds, like elections, but <laughs> they, need to be, they need to be thinking about um, where the economy is going or could go. Sitonbudget.org, Chad, CBPP on Twitter to follow all this information and keep up with it. As always, we appreciate you, Chad. Good luck to the Phillies. Yeah, and good luck to the Yankees. May we meet. <laughs> Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.